Yep. To yeah, be fair. Yep. <laughs> Steve once told me it'd just be one finger. Oh. <laughs> I know you Steve will. Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> on trial this week the love birds i'm gav i'm alex i'm joel i'm dave and i'm austin and just like the love birds all we ever wanted was a quiet night out but then lockdown happens hey <laughs> that is probably the most apt uh, tagline that we've ever done before I mean, you know, I, I want a quiet Is night it? out. Yeah, I think so. I mean, do, do, do you want do you want to go out? Do you want to leave the house, Austin? No, I mean, I kind of wish I was. Uh, I've been forced to stay inside, like you. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, if you've never heard this show before, then protect your chests because we're about to horse kick some fun directly into your ears. Uh, Why are they I... protecting the chests when you're horse kicking them in, in the ears? Because we're going to get to their ears like bad advice, through their chests, to be honest. But maybe that didn't work so well. Anyway, essentially, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's also a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans to keep you entertained, including a caption contest, a quiz, some average impressions, some xylophone playing, some silly sound effects, and a whole lot of banter. So do stick around. Now, this week's film on trial is the 2020 comedy action film, The Lovebirds, not released the cinema, but instead released directly to Netflix. So, is it a bird in the hand, or is it two in the bush? <laughs> that sounds like a, a euphemism for a threesome, but apparently it's not. It's a, an old proverb, meaning it's better to hold on to something you already have than to risk losing it, trying to attain something better. So, yeah, it's better to keep listening to this show rather than turn it off and try to find something else because it's not going to get any better I'll tell you that right now anyway that was, that was but I liked it <laughs> <laughs> love beds is it good or not hopefully we're going to find out in this episode now just to say this will be a very spoilerific episode so if you haven't seen the love beds yet check it out it's free on Netflix if you have a Netflix account that is or you can just listen to this episode after you've watched the film or you can trust our judgments. Alternatively, you can fast forward to our quiz this week brought to us by Joel, which will start around the 45-minute mark, I reckon. Now, before we go on, our last film on trial was Dunkirk. Joel, I think, judged that trial and deemed that it should be placed on the hit list, I think. I can't remember. It's been a while. Uh, but, Joel, you've since gone away and you've watched the film. Did you make the right call? Uh, yeah, I think I did. It's on the right list. Um, you know, it's not perfect, and I, I agree with what most people said, really. It, it doesn't really deserve, um, you know, kind of the overblown hype that it's got, but it's still a good film, and I think it's, um, you know, one of the better modern war films that we've had in the last kind of 10, 20 years, so yeah, right list. Okay, well, thank you very much, Joel. Um, now, on to the bulk of the show. As I mentioned before, this week we're doing The Lovebirds, uh, I can't. I haven't really thought about a song to play on the xylophone, so I don't know whether it's, I should try and embarrass myself now and play something off the cuff or just Definitely. leave it. Definitely off the cuff. Okay, off the cuff, right. yeah. embarrass. You embarrass yourself every week, so. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm gone. Oh no, I'm gone. <laughs> I don't know what that was. That was why I do. <laughs> oh, very nice. Aww. No, it wasn't very nice. <laughs> it was really, really bad. We're, we're ahhing at the sentiment, at the yeah. uh, at what you tried to bring to us. Thanks, thanks. And and you know what? I mean that. Uh, you know, it, uh, being unable to leave the house for 11 weeks, I have longed to be close to all of you. <laughs> and, and, and I quite enjoyed that. it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay, so... Uh, this film wasn't picked out that random, but instead was picked by us all here at Films and Travel, who try and desperately stay relevant. Uh, it's not a release of the cinema, as we said before, but it was released directly to Netflix, so it was quick and pretty easy to watch. So uh, all of the roles, however, have been picked out at random. So in defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be Ozzy and me. Now, Ozzy is just like Kyle Borheimer's Brett. He always dresses like he's on his way to a high society sex party. 
<laughs> which is true. If you've ever seen Aussie dress, he does look like he's either hosting one or he's off to one. So, um, Whereas, to be honest, Gav, you, you, right now you don't look like you're going to a high society uh, uh, yeah. party, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> In your little grey vest. Gav, I wouldn't get in to my party. <laughs> I wouldn't get into any party the way I'm just at the moment. I Not only is it a grey vest, but it looks like you've just got a T-shirt chopped off the sleeves yeah. and just put your head through you know, a hole and just made like a little vest from it. It's, you know, it's a pretty poor excuse for a vest, to be honest. I think with it you, was mate. a white t-shirt as well. I was, I was going to say, it's supposed to be a white, <laughs> it's supposed to be a white vest. I don't know what you're on about. Uh, I will say that I'm recording this in a bit of a heat wave and I'm absolutely sweating my Jacobs off. And uh, they've told me that I can't put the fan on. So apologies, guys, if uh, if anybody here is uh, panting halfway through this, that's, that's <laughs> me just passing out from exhaustion. Uh, anyway, right, uh, joining Aussie, in defense is going to be me and i'm just like paul sparks's character mustache there's no way i don't look like a skinny villain and just hearing the name shaborn makes me incredibly angry <laughs> <laughs> i'm only joking obviously I wanted why you close the door yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell her i said anything no, honestly, we were watching this last night and siobhan was like oh my god you never hear my name in films you always hear you always hear loads of gavins but you don't hear any siobhan's so then we had a, a debate about which of our names was more popular and uh, we checked out how popular or unpopular our names were uh, by you know checking how many babies were born last year with our names. Uh, I'll just tell you now, some of the more popular names than Gavin last year, okay, uh, Austin and uh, Alex are like this, both Donald and Ronald, yeah. um, Reginald, Ernest, Magnus, Felix, Bear, Lance, Bear. And, yeah, Bear, and my name is as popular as Ebenezer. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, know, you know, there's only one person to blame, and that's fucking James Corden. I blame James Gordon. <laughs> anyway. Do, you, do bears, is bear, is that a name? Do people Bear, think? 113 kids. Bear Grylls, mate. Born. Yeah, That's Bear true. Grylls. That is true. Bear McGreedy, the guy who does the I thought he'd make that name up a bit, to be honest, though, just because he was wildlife, but... <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> right. You, you say that maybe he's not a wildlife expert. And when he was sat down with Channel 4 producers and they were like, right, what's your My name? He was bear. just like, oh, eh, bear. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> Gavin Grylls, that's not going to work. No one's called Gavin anymore. All he could think of was, yeah, actually, I, I, I like to cook outdoors. What do you do? Barbecue grill. And it's like barbecue grills a terrible name. <laughs> yeah, bear, bear grills. It sounds like an episode of Yogi Bear, doesn't it? It was just probably what he was watching before. <laughs> right. Anyway, right. Uh, enough of this shenanigans. Uh, right. Uh, okay. So on to the um, uh, what have I just said? The prosecution. Right. Okay. So the actor as prosecution trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be Joel and Dave. Joel is just like Nicholas X Parsons' character, Bicycle. When he's out and about on his bike, there are several people that really, really want to run him over and dave is just like Issa ray's lalani uh, he's addicted to his phone he's gutted that he doesn't get invited to any orgies and <laughs> does look really good in a cocktail dress <laughs> oh, now man. just like real court advocates will be making the best case for our roles these may or may not be our real opinions though so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear our real thoughts which means this week alex will be playing the judge Alex is a bit like Kumail Nanjiani's character, Gibran. Was it Gibran? Gibran? I can't remember. Yeah, Gibran. Uh, he loves pretentious documentaries. <laughs> and, he, and he's got hands hairier than the average dog. <laughs> In truth, For about a week, he did like a nice one, and now it's just back to normal. Yeah, I know, I'm sorry. Back to normal on a day when he's judging. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, no, I know. He's really, really angry. No. <laughs> sorry. No, in truth, Alex's role wasn't picked at random this week. And we had to give him the role of the judge because we were afraid that if he had the role of prosecution or defense, he'd argue for the opposing side by accident again. <laughs> well, once. Come on. Now, Alex must decide which list this film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his genuine opinion, which is good because he hasn't watched it yet. Uh, now, before we get started... I think we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is about. So let us spin the Wheel of Impressions. Hang on. I don't have the Wheel of Impressions ready. Uh, Ozzy, just do a sound effect of a drum roller, would you? That was rubbish. I'm going to use this. 
Okay, so here we read off the synopsis of the film with one of the style of cast or characters from the film this week. I, I, well, I'm going to pick one of the three people that's still on the call because two of them have literally fucked off. Uh, so let's just say it lands on Alex. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> so here you've got to read off the synopsis of the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. Ozzy, what do you reckon? Remember I, was thinking, I remember, I haven't seen the film. Okay, but. right. Okay, I remember. I think uh, like a, a so it's, it's, it's no, it's set in uh, New Orleans, so oh, yeah. maybe like a, a New Orleans drawl. A New Orleans yeah. drawl. Yeah. Is that, all right. Uh, it's just going to be Texas, but I'll do. I'll go for it. Um, <laughs> Close enough. Um, a couple experiences a defining moment in their relationship when they are unintentionally embroiled in a murder mystery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like it. It was uh, Texas with a hint of Kentucky as Thank well. You. You know, yeah. I'm Thank what, you. And what's in between those states? Not Louisiana, but <laughs> <laughs> it did sound quite Cornish at the very, very end, though. No, that's that's Was what it? I was trying. Mr. to Mr. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> uh. Well, fair the hesitation, Alex. Would you like to please kick off proceedings? Yes, I would. Uh, unusually, I actually know nothing about this film, so I've not read any reviews, don't know anything about the scores, so I'm very excited to know. I'd like to go to defence, I think, this time. And Gav, why don't you go first? Thank you. Uh, so like, this story is pretty simple. It's a couple or like a mismatched pair go on the run you know we've seen it before in films like date nights game nights even midnight run it's something that we've all seen before however what makes this really stand out is the fantastic performances by kumail nanjiani and Issa ray um i'm sure we'll go into more detail about that later on but just to give you a bit of an overview uh, the plot isn't too complicated it's a couple they meet they fall in love instantly four years later their relationship is on the rocks they drive into a party and have a blazing row and then break up right after that their car is flagged down by a cop who needs to chase, uh, who sorry, who needs the car to chase down an assailant who's on a bike. It's all fun and games until the cop catches up with the guy on the bike and brutally murders him with the car. Uh, now, obviously, that cop was a baddie, and now Lilani and Gibran uh, have got to go on the run from the police whilst they try to find out why the guy was murdered and who did it. It's eventually revealed that the baddie was murdered. Uh, who murdered him was actually a cop um, and that he is uh, blackmailing a secret high society sex club. Uh, there are a number of funny moments and some really good comedy set pieces with the couple bickering throughout before eventually reconciling. But as I said before, what makes this film really stand out is the incredibly uh, likable and funny performances by its two lead stars, which make it really engaging, very light and a fun watch. Thank you very much. It's Engageable. It's engageable. It's light. It's fun to watch. Dave, why is that not true? It's not true because, well, well Gav's told you himself, he listed uh, a number of films at the start of this that this film's a bit like, that this film might remind you of. You know, it, it starts off a bit like Midnight Run or something like that. And by the end, with this high society orgy that Gav referenced, you're in kind of eyes wide shut territory. Yeah. You know, it is, it is like the offcuts from eyes wide shut. Um, and yeah, Gav's hit the nail on the head there. This is nothing special and there's very little original to this story i'm not saying it's a bad script per se because some of the dialogue is all right like gav says the uh, the, the the performances from the two leads are, can be quite amusing the script isn't necessarily awful but the story is non-existent this is there's barely a shred of originality in it it is all rehashed from various films that we've seen before and i think the, why that matters with this film why it's so disappointing is because um the director and kamel nanjani had previously collaborated together on the big sick which was one of the best screenplays uh, we've seen in the last few years. You know, that really set the bar high for this partnership. And this has fallen so far short of expectations. I think a few people are going to tune into this film expecting a film of that caliber, and they're going to be bitterly disappointed. This is basic. This plot is a rehash of things we have seen so many times before. And not just in the last few years, since the 70s onwards, there have been these films time and time again. Okay, I've I've underlined high society orgy a couple of times here because I feel like we need. To, <laughs> I do feel like that needs more context, and I would like that to be returned to at some point. Um, Gav, you know, this isn't got no originality; it's just a rehash. Is that true? Well, I mean, the thing is, is that it's. As I said, it's not like wholly original, but what it does is it, you know, it takes a story that we might have seen before and puts a good spin on it. Uh, you know, it's 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 something that we have seen, yes. But what 
this film does well is it, you know, just takes what we already know and just twists it a little bit. And the thing is, is that, it, like, you can't deny that the two leads are very funny and very engaging as well. Uh, you know, I think it's a bit harsh when Dave was saying that, um, uh, yeah, because the, the uh, director and Nanjiani have worked together, you know, this is a bit disappointing. It's like kind of watching show tunes and being disappointed that it's not Robocop because it was directed by the same director. You know, it's this is a completely different film. You know, this you knew from the offset that this was going to be like a sort of action, comedy, romantic caper. And it is, you know, like, okay, it, we might have seen something similar, but you can say that about so many films. This has got enough originality to keep it fresh, to keep it light and to keep it fun. Okay. Dave, you disagree? I beg to differ. It does not have a shred of originality. I stand by that point. It is all rehash. You know, Gav says it, it twists it into something fun and fresh. It doesn't twist anything. This it, The plot is so basic and generic that you'd honestly forget some of the key points in it. Some of the key points are just setups to allow Kamel Nanjani to improvise, uh, to ad-lib a little. And you know what? He's a stand-up comedian. He's a funny guy. He can do that. But it's just an excuse. It's a vehicle to get him to ad-lib. The scenarios they're in are not realistic. They're not plausible. And like I say, that there is no fresh twist on this by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, but Dave, when he does improv, mm -hmm. does it work? I think so, yeah. He's a, he's a stand-up comedian. He's pretty funny. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd say, yeah, some of it falls flat. For yeah. sure, but that's, it's a comedy script. You're not going to laugh at every joke out there. But yeah, I think yeah. if I have, I've not seen a copy of the script. I don't know what he ad libbed, but what he may have ad libbed, I think, yeah, I think there's some there's some decent jokes in there. Okay, Gav, very small. Yeah, well, it's once again just like Midnight Run, just like 48 Hours. They were vehicles for Charles Grodin and Eddie Murphy to do their comedy, which they did very well. Similar films, seen them before, but they put their stamp on it. They made it new, and that's what <laughs> you know this does as well. Okay, great. Thanks, Gav. Um, Joel, uh, coming to you. Do you, are the good perform are there good performances from the lead here? <laughs> um, you know, was a funny comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I mean some of the performances are good, but I would say the two title characters are the best. And you know, as is usual in these type of uh, kind of rom com films, the rest of the cast is really. Uh, you know, kind of subpar. Uh, there are kind of funny moments in it, you know, as as Gavin Dave touched on, but I don't think there's enough. You know, this is a romantic comedy, and I think, um, you know, with some of the uh, kind of heavy plot and drama and things like that, you know, involving murder and that type of thing, it needed to be a bit more lighthearted and funny for me, and there just wasn't enough of that. Um, I personally would have preferred more jokes and less of kind of, um, you know, a serious nature because I do think that, that at times, you know, it does get bogged down a little bit by that. Um, so, yeah, I think really the uh, the title of cast just outshine, you know, the, the extras and there aren't really kind of that many to, uh, you know, shout about really. There's... Uh, about four or five other actors in the film uh, that get kind of bit part roles. Um, there's uh, Paul Sparks. Uh, there's uh, Anna Camp. Uh, Kyle Bonheimer, I think, was actually really out of place. He just looked like he shouldn't be there. And to be honest with you, I can't really remember a film that he's been in that's been any good. Um, so I think there's definitely it's a few. A bit harsh, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is, but you know, it's a trial think... of the lovebirds, not a trial of Cal Boyer. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's what we should be doing. Um, so to sum up, I don't think he should be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, man. I, I think I, I think I'm ready to judge on on, on his on his career. Uh, <laughs> Ozzy, um, just talking about the comedy, because it does sound like this film, I, I can't quite get a feeling of this. Is this a comedy drama? Is it just straight up going for laughs? What, what's, what is it? I think it's, it's, it's light on the drama, but I mean, me and Steve watched uh, the bulk of this together, and, then, uh, and, and we were laughing, laughing like through it. It's, I think it's genuinely good from the off. Um, the initial setup... If you know, if you've seen a trailer, then then yes, it's already you already know what happens in that first few minutes. But if you hadn't seen a trailer, which I hadn't, um, it comes in. It's quite a you know, it's quite a, a shock. It's quite exciting. I've not seen the other films, um, so for me, 
I think it does a really, a really good job of whether it's original or not. I think it's just bringing it's essentially the same story and the same play um, out to a new, you know, a new generation. I have seen the Big Sick, and um, and yeah, yeah, this isn't as good as the Big Sick, but I think it's still funny. It's another, it's a great showcase of his uh, comedic uh, abilities. He does really well as a, as the lead character in this, and um, and the two of them together, you know, they play off quite well. It's it's funny, it's lighthearted, even though there is some, you know, a little bit, you know, the, the, the running over a guy within the first few minutes of a, of a film, ten, you know, seven or eight times is a little bit dark, but it's it's played for laughs, you know, it is funny. Um, <laughs> and there, there are, fun, there are there, there's a few bits where it's maybe more American humor, you know, there's a few bits where we just wouldn't necessarily laugh, even though you can tell that it's made for a joke. Overall, I think I think the the comedy is good in this, and it's at times it's quite clever. Not all the time; sometimes it is lowest common denominator. But there are a few clever jokes in there that that work well. Lovely stuff, Gav. You find it funny? Yeah, I did find it funny, actually. Yeah, I did. I just can, can I just go back to one of the points that Joel made when he was yeah. talking about the, the no, you can't. It's well, I'm going to say it anyway. First, <laughs> we're, not go, we're not going past back to this Bonhammer guy. Carl Bonhammer, <laughs> marriage story, right? Which I thought yeah. was pretty decent, and he was yeah. pretty decent in it. So you know, let's not shit all over the guy. Who was he? Who was he in it? In that Ted? Um, oh, no, I don't, I don't forget, forget name, name, shit as well. <laughs> <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> like whether he was memorable or not, he was in it, right? <laughs> I'm looking him up. I'm looking him up. Carry on. Right. Um, okay. So uh, when John mentioned about the superfluous characters, whatever. Yeah. Okay. You know, maybe. Um, you, you don't think that Carl Bornheimer was was good <laughs> or prominent in it, or you know some of the others weren't as prominently featured or whatever. The fact is that this vehicle is for Issa Rae and Kamal Ninjani. Uh, it's it's about those two characters. It's called the Lovebirds. You know they're on screen for like ninety percent of this. You know probably maybe even like close to a hundred. You know everybody else gets very little screen time because it's about those two, and they do a fantastic job. You know it, I, I don't. It, it's just like sort of saying oh well you know these supporting characters didn't add to the story so you know it's a rubbish film but if those supporting characters are only in it for like five percent of the film then does it really detract that much and when you mentioned about the comedy i do i think this is very funny i i, I i'm not gonna lie i didn't think it was going to be as funny when i started watching it because i'd recently seen stuba with kamal and johnny and uh, i didn't really find that that great uh, in, in fact, it was quite a similar plot, so that's why I thought it was going to be more of the same with this. But it actually had some pretty decent laughs. Um, a lot of the sort of interactions between the two of them, you could tell it was it was either ad libbed or they were just very natural together. But it was very funny back and forth chemistry between the two of them. Some of their dialogue, um, even like the quarrels that they're having as well, they, they, they sound like it's, it's natural stuff that you know yourself or your partner would argue about, but they do it in a very funny way. Um, and some of the big comedy set pieces as well. You know, I mean, I think in a film like this, you need a couple of these big set pieces to kind of keep the audience engaged. And they did have that as well. And they put an action spin on it to keep it with the genre. I mean, so. you call them set pieces. Well, you know, that's what it is, isn't it? It's like, a, it's, it's like a, you know, it's a scene that revolves around a bit of comedy that happens in the middle of it. Uh, so there's a scene where uh, they try to find out who the, a blackmailer is, and then they are kind of tied up, and they are uh, about to be interrogated, and they get the option of getting a pan of boiling hot grease thrown in their face, or what's behind the mystery door. And they pick the mystery door, and it's a horse that kicks them in the chest. You know, it's a very <laughs> funny scene. Uh, and, you know, there's stuff like that peppered throughout this. I, I just... And it's not just the kind of comedy set pieces, I'm going to say it again, but it's also the comedians behind it and how they react to it. So it's how they act and how they react, which makes this a funny film. If it makes you feel better, I was my next question was going to be, what are the comedy set pieces like like in this? So don't, don't worry, Gavin. Thanks, I'm, there, Thanks. I'm there with you on that one. Um, right, just sort of talking like... like what are the themes running through it? Like, what what what's the you know what what are the motivations between the characters? Like, is it mainly just about them two sort of getting back together, or is it about them like just? I I don't really get a sense of like about what this is sort of about really, Dave. 
Yeah, it's not so much about them getting back together. What they're really focused on is um, essentially proving their innocence because they believe that because they are pretty much an accessory to this murder that they've witnessed, that they are going to get the blame. It's their car that was used as the murder weapon. They believe that they're going to be uh, charged and arrested. So they basically avoid the police and set out to try and prove their innocence. So that's the focus, really. That's the aim. There's not really much... um, insofar as them trying to get their relationship back on track. They don't seem to be too bothered about the fact they just broke up. I suppose they've got other things to, to think about. I've never found myself in a situation where I'm <laughs> accused of murder or a suspect in a murder. So yet. I don't know what people's thought <laughs> yet. But I don't know what people's thought processes are. But um, no, they're not really focused about getting the relationship back together. That just sort of happens. I couldn't even pinpoint for you where it happens. It just kind of, everything's fine by the end of the film, you know, problem solved, everything tied up in a nice little, neat little package. Okay. Lots of happy, lots I, of happy coincidences and everything. So it's a happy it. ending. It seems like it's a, you know, everything comes together. Just yeah. Easy. Just as you'd expect it would. Sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah it is a happy ending and it is an easy, it is an easy way for it to, to round out. I think that's the whole, it's another one of those films, which is relatively just entertaining. It's a, it's a way to get through there and laugh, laugh your way through. But there are moments that the, the setup for the whole thing is done within like the first ten minutes, maybe five minutes, and um, and that's that they've they fell in love really quickly, um, you know, love at first sight essentially. And over the course of four years, they start to realise I don't know if I really know who you are, and they disagree about loads of things, you know, small things, big things, but just generally anything is what they're disagreeing about. So they're um. So, so, so throughout this film, though, they they're brought together through circumstance, you know, as as you would expect. They're both, you know, on the run. They're both worried they're going to get, uh, they're going to get caught up. And then, you know, three quarters of the way through, they do get arrested, and they get told, yeah, we we know it's not you. You're treating you as a suspect. You're not a, uh, not as a suspect as a witness. Um, and we're already up, up on this sort of stuff. So it kind of, you know, flips it on its head. But it's about shared experiences where they learn to why they liked each other in the first place, essentially, and then they get right the way through. And the, the argument at the very start of the film is what they end up agreeing upon at the very end of the film, and they're on the show that they were agreeing, they're arguing about not being a part of. Okay, cool. So it's, it's development. It's just, you know, it's the ideas that you're laughing throughout the rest of it. Very small one, Gav. Yeah, so I said before about the sort of arguments that they have. One of the arguments right at the beginning was whether one of the... Uh, one of the couple could appear on the amazing race, which is where you've got to get from like point A to point B. You know, it's an American show, uh, but you can't use any technology or phones or whatever. And, um, you know, limited money or resources. And then the film itself turns out to be essentially a big episode of the amazing race, which I thought was, was quite funny. Uh, you know, they're, they're not using their phones. They're trying to get from point A to point B. They're doing challenges along the way. Also a couple of the other arguments that they have, they have an argument at the beginning about um, swingers and orgy and one of them saying about you know, the judge by talking about orgies all the time <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be relevant, the judge of that and it's yeah. relevant because it's clever that you tie in these this first arguments and yeah. in, in, in all of the things that they argued about at the start yeah it's everything you that they argue yeah, yeah. So, so like, they, they argue about like uh, restaurant quality foods, and they you know have some questionable food later on. They argue about orgies being like very strict to time because they're talking about like not having any spontaneity when it comes to the bedroom. And you know, one of them says, "Well, you know, orgies don't just happen. You know, I imagine everybody's on Google Calendar and they've got to coordinate it meticulously." And then later on, they find out that this high society sex orgy where you know the joke comes back, and he's like, "I bet they've all got Google calendars." So a lot of what they say is later played back, and uh, you know. I think that that's quite clever for you know what essentially is a very light-hearted film. Yeah, okay. I, th- I think it shows you the stand-up abilities. Really, it's that you know that effort of ma- of making a joke last throughout. It's the you know the payback when the punchline comes much later than than the setup. Okay, cool. Thanks very much. I I have to be honest. I feel like I'm got, got a lot of info about this film now. Um, is there anything, especially maybe on the prosecution, that anyone feels that they want to? Yeah, I'll just jump in quickly and just speak about the script, really. And I would say it is especially clunky. I wouldn't say, um, you know, there's much of a uh, 
Oh, what is the word, really? You know, I don't think it really follows uh, kind of a set pattern, and I don't think it's been rounded out very well. I think sometimes you can tell that it's just kind of been, you know, slapdash thrown together. Yeah, you know, some of the comedy works. Uh, you will laugh at some of it. You won't laugh at all of it. Um, I think we all agree on that. But I think overall the script and kind of getting behind the character's motivations is definitely something that I would, uh, you know, stay very much on the side of, uh, you know, in in terms of being against it, you know, just to speak about like uh, the uh, murder aspects of it, you know, I, I think the uh, kind of reaction was just completely overblown, you know, the fact that they instantly decide to go on the run rather than, you know, at least try and say, you know, look, you know, it wasn't us type of thing. Um, I think there's a whole bunch of other actions which they take, which are just completely, um, you know, against logic, really. And I know, you know, you've got to forgive a lot of these things in films, but I think in these types of rom-com films where there has got to be at least, you know, some sort of realism, especially in modern rom-com, um, this film is just completely, you know, awry of that. And it's something that I would have liked to see because I think it, it keeps you engrossed and, and buried in the film a bit more, you know, rather than taking you out of it and thinking, why are they doing that? And then, you know, why are they doing that again five minutes later? Um, so, yeah, just it, it, it all feels a little bit disjointed. And when you add in that, like, clunky dialogue, uh, you know, overall, I don't think it, it adds up to a very good film. Yeah, Gav? I'd argue, uh, firstly, and, and say that, uh, okay, maybe it isn't rounded out perfectly at the ends, but I think maybe the ending does feel a little bit rushed. It's sort of like the ending from Die Hard. Um, but I, I thought, they, uh, oh, no, actually, I'm lying to you, because then later on, before the credits roll, it's like one year later, and then the two of them are featured on The Amazing Race. Yeah, so actually, yeah, yeah so I do think that's it's, what it's I was rounded out. Yeah, was... yeah I so actually, I completely disagree with that bit. And I, I disagree about it not following a set structure. You know, like, the the, the cause, the, the, they're involved in the accidents, they go on the run, they've got to try and, uh, you know, uh, prove their innocence so they're following different leads until they eventually have the final confrontation with the bad guy so you know it's very play by numbers and Joel's thing about the dialogue being clunky well the thing that I think stands it out from just being play by numbers is the sharp dialogue the interactions between the two of them on point they're very very funny people and their chemistry and the way that they kind of bounce off each other is very very likable and uh, and also um, what you said before about them going on the run well the reason that they go on the run in the first place is because two other people see them um, like walk past this murdered guy and they're just they're just getting out the car uh, come on and Johnny's covered in blood and they're like oh my god you just run him over and he's like oh no no we, we, we didn't we, we just hit him with the car because earlier on they hit him with the car by accident um, and then that's when the cop got in the car and then tried to finish it off. Um, so they're like, no, no, we just hit him with the car. And they're like, yeah, you hit him and you killed him. Look at him, he's dead, you know. And then there's the whole mix up with words. And then they keep on fumbling over their words. And, you know, eventually they just panic and they run away. And then they keep on getting phone calls from the police. So they think the police are trying to track them down rather than just ring them up to say, listen, we want to talk to you because we've got CCTV footage. So the whole thing is like they're, they're in a panic. And because I find that the characters uh, are played by such likable, like normal people, you kind of think to yourself, well, that's a situation that you could be in. You know, it's like when stuff gets a bit more ridiculous, you don't mind as much because you give them the benefit from the doubt because they're both quite likable and down to earth people. Yeah, it's almost it, it's, it's almost along the lines of like uh, the Hangover esque, you know, where it's out, outrageous situations. But it's quite funny because the characters are the people it's happening to. You quite like, even though it is a fantastical situation that you might find them in. Dave, could you go with it? Did you find you know were you did it did it break it for you or? Could Not you, at all. The whole, the, the way the story moves, and I lose the term story loosely, the way it all moves is all very contrived. It's all very forced. Like they were saying about the uh, the reference to the joke, like they make, they have a random conversation at the start and then there'll be a payoff for that joke later in the film or at the end of the film. It's a comedy film. It's all about timing. And I think that they, you know, you can say that, oh, the payoff's later. There's stretching a joke a little too thinly. And I think if that's the big laugh that you're waiting for, this is a bit of a disappointing way to go about getting it. I think they could have been a bit quicker with their comedy. They could have had a bit more faith in their two comic leads, to be honest with you, and let them carry this a bit more. Instead, you got this very, like Joel said, clunky script and an even clunkier plot. 
and, and it's it just drags you from one cliched rom-com pursuit thriller whatever you want to call it it's trying to it's trying to tick many boxes it drives you from one to another you know you'll have flashbacks i mean how many films has gav referenced in this podcast alone it will just remind you of previous like 80s rom-coms or 90s thrillers that you may have seen it's just very generic okay i i feel like i'm i feel like i've got enough info now to make my judgment is it is there any pressing thing that people desperately want to talk about no thank you uh then let's have a quiz gav no, no, I hope not anyway, because I have a freaking written one. <laughs> to be honest, I, I just saw you lying back and I just wanted to, like, shock you. <laughs> All right, so I've done the quiz. It's actually on birds in films or bird-related uh questions. I could have got all of these questions myself, so what we'll say is if you, if between you, you don't get all of them right, collectively I know, you know, more than all of you put together. <laughs> so there's a fair amount resting on it. Yeah, uh, but so, we don't actually know if the answers are correct. It's just whatever you've written down. But they are correct, trust me. Right? Okay, so the question one: Name two characters with bird names out of the MCU. Uh, Falcon. Falcon. Hawkeye. Um, Hawkeye. Um, and you've got one more Swan. for a bonus point. Uh, it's, Black a, it's a it's a bad guy. <laughs> Oof. Um, oh, bam, Vulture. But the Vulture, well done, Gav. Um, okay, question two. Uh, what happens when you look at the creatures in Bird Box? Go Die. mad. They make you commit suicide. Yeah, Brucey's got it. They make you commit suicide. Right, I think they make you go mad first. I think my point was right. Uh, no, well, I think it was, but it wasn't enough detail, so and I'm also, it to Brucey. Uh, yeah, I think you could just be like, oh, I'm so upset. Tom Holland, he didn't, commit, he didn't commit suicide, did he? He was just, he was just a bit batty. Um, so, uh, <laughs> shut up, Gav. Uh, question three. Two of the main characters have bird-related names from the original Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, which two are they? Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. Elizabeth Swan. Elizabeth Swan, well oh. done. Oh, yeah. Um, the swan's a bird. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think... It's a dead giveaway, mate. Just Dave is probably the only one who's going to get this. What is the phoenix called from Harry Potter? Forks. Ask him Forks, well done, Brucey. You surprised uh, me. Guitar, but don't know where to begin. I thought that was an answer to a question. <laughs> <laughs> what type of birds save Sam and Frodo at the end of Return of the King? Eagles. Eagles, it a is. Giant well done, Plot busting eagle. Plot <laughs> <laughs> eagle. Um, where are we? Uh, what's the name of the bird from Aladdin? Iago. Iago. Well done, Dave. Is that um, the parrot? The yeah, parrot, yeah. Is yeah. it? And then what type of bird is he? And I'm talking about like the breed of parrot, not just parrot. A cockatiel. Nope. A great a crested a macaw. A macaw, well done, Gav. Yeah. Literally the only parrot breed that most people know, so that's why I put <laughs> it. Um, okay, uh, who was shown... <laughs> that's not a macaw. <laughs> like a hyena or something. Who was shown uh, in the Guardians of the Galaxy post-credit sequence? Um, Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Dave, you're oh, running yeah, away with this. Um, and then, Dave, I think you, you might get this one as well. In Pokemon, <laughs> the first movie, um, what Pokemon is used to, to fly some of the characters around regularly? Um, and it, it, it's based on a, a bird that we see literally all over the place in Liverpool that eats fucking everything. Did you have I'll give you. I'll give it to you, Ozzy. It's I reckon, Pidgeot, but Pidgeot is I reckon enough. Dave knew that, but he didn't want to have known it. <laughs> <laughs> how, uh, how much would a shiny Pidgeotto get me on the eBay market for Pokemon cards? Mm, if it was in perfect condition, probably seven or 800 quid. Jeez. What about if it was covered in pigeon poo? <laughs> probably not. That adds or takeaway value. <laughs> okay, uh, Maleficent has what bird has a trusty sidekick? Crow. Uh, no oh. close, though. Raven. raven. A raven, yeah. Mm. Um, where are we? Oh, yeah. I've got two more questions. One of them is literally just bird-related, and this is the last one that's film-related. Uh, what are the birds out of Jurassic Park 3? They're also in uh, Jurassic World. There's literally 
I was about to say, there's two types of dinosaur birds that people know. Pterodactyls, and it's the other one. Pterosaurs. Close. I'll give it to you, Dave. They're called pterodons. Fuck off. I said the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and then this one is literally not film-related, but whoever gets it wins the whole quiz. Sorry, Dave. Um, What is the fastest bird in the world? Ostrich. No. No, a peregrine falcon. Peregrine falcon. Well done, Brucey. Over 200 miles an hour. Uh, They fly, which is kind of close to, you know, what... What we How fast does at. it fly? Over 200 miles an hour. 200 miles an hour? Wow. On a, um, you know, sweeping gravity, descent. Right? Yeah. Not like Jesus. just fucking flying in the air at like 200 well, miles you know, an hour. Like, you know, if, if I push just my car off, a, off a, bridge, a bridge, I'm sure it'll go pretty fast as well. Uh, so there fantastic. you go. Unfortunately, Lovely. Dave got about 90% of them right, but Brucey stole it at the end. In it for the win. Uh, thanks. I mean... I, 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 that's really put me in a good mood to judge the film. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks um, okay, uh, you know, I, I'll be honest. The feeling I got from like the whole uh, film review was that people kind of liked this film, but they weren't massive fans. So they kind of liked bits of it, but they weren't like I don't. I didn't feel like anyone was massively taken by this. I definitely feel like it's got good performances by the two leads. They, you know, they seem likable. It was like good script, and because they're really good comedic actors, there's great ad lib and improv, and you know, good spins on on the sort of the the old, you know, running from the cops um, escape films, and you know, it does sound like there's some good set pieces as well. But um, there was quite a lot of quites when people were talking about it. Like it's quite funny and it's quite good in this bit, and it's quite this and that. Um, and I'm not going to lie, the fact that a lot of you spent a lot of time changing your Zoom backgrounds as we were talking did lead me to believe <laughs> <laughs> that maybe... No, I know, Dave, you didn't. I've, uh, that, you know, I, I'll, I, yeah, I should, I should commend you on that. Well done. It just did lead me to believe it, although I do think that I will laugh at this film and I will find it funny in bits, that I just don't think this is a classic film and even less than a classic film, I just don't think it's a film that people will really be talking about in in a while. I think from the sounds of things, people will talk about the big sick and will be like, oh yeah, Lovebirds was was okay as well. So uh, for that reason, uh, it's going to go on the shit list. Okay. Uh, Genuine opinions. Um, Joel? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's pretty average, isn't it? I don't think it's like massively boring, but I wasn't loving it, watching it. You know, it's unique in the fact that it's got you know, a nice diverse cast and things like that. And the two leads are great. But as I said, I I couldn't even remember who else was in it. And the, the rest of the characters were just write-offs. And so I was pretty faithful in, in everything I said. I did laugh in some bits, but not enough for me to kind of, you know, make me want to watch it again anytime soon. Uh, Dave? Um, yeah, I meant what I said. It is a very cliched, very hackneyed sort of script. Um but I really did enjoy the two leads. I thought they were both fantastic. It depends. How, how do you view a good film? If you broke it down into all the various parts that you can critique on this, yeah, there's not a lot, great deal to this. Like Joel and Bruce are saying, this isn't going to be remembered. You know, there isn't a great deal going on here. But or do you judge a good film by how much you enjoyed it? And it's like, well, in which case, it's a pretty good film. I really did enjoy it. It is quite funny. It's a nice watch. It's very chilled, laid back, nice little rom-com to put on in the background sort of thing. It's it's a nice watch. Yeah, I enjoyed it. But it's not great when you break it down and look into it. It is a little stilted. And the only reason I didn't change my Zoom background is because I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd agree with Dave. I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. I wouldn't say it's amazing, but I'd say that the two performances by the leads really made it better than it should have been. Uh, I, I, but the thing is, is that like it was, it was good for Sunday afternoon, so lockdown viewing. You know, it was just lighthearted. It was fun. And it so what you're saying is when there's literally nothing else to do, <laughs> you can't leave the house, yeah. and then, you know, you might you might get some enjoyment out of it. Yeah, definitely. If this <laughs> ever happens again and you're in a situation where you can't leave the house, you need to watch something. After 10 weeks, on the love birds. <laughs> crack on the lovebirds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was I, all right. I quite Austin. enjoyed it. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. But the same as everyone is that I enjoyed it because I watched it, you know, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. It's a nice watch. You don't want it to be too challenged. I think it's... 
there are. It was funny. And I think it's quite, it's not engaging, but I think it'll capture your, uh, it's a film that you could watch without really having to worry too much, you know. I like so, it. So what who would have put, put it on the hit list then? I think I would have let it go on the hit list. Uh, I mean, like... I'd say, for me, it's like bang average, you know, it's like 50% yeah. is what I'd give it. Yeah. So, it, you know, on what any given day, you could put it either side of that, I think. So I wouldn't be feeling guilty it, about putting it on either list. It's distinctly average. I did enjoy it. And if someone said, oh, I'm looking for a light, breezy rom-com to watch, it's like, oh, yeah, you should try this. It's, it's pretty good. It's all right. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's nothing I, special. I hope, someone comes, I hope someone comes up to him work and goes, hey, Dave. I want a nice, you got breezy rom-com. <laughs> you want a nice, breezy rom-com I could watch tonight? Hey, you're laughing. You're laughing. I get asked a lot for film recommendations. <laughs> There's a few I, people I who that know just, about this just, podcast the, that might be listening to this now. The, and I'm happy to advise each and every one of you. Just the guy next to Dave, I want something about chickens that's really messed up. <laughs> do, you know any, do you know any films like that? Like, I would say no. I don't know a single one. <laughs> don't look any further. Don't Google it. Oh, right. Uh, well, um, yeah, it's higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which, which was <laughs> which was Dunkirk. Which scored 93%. I'm going to go higher. Let, let, let's try for what? higher. I'm gonna say, I, I, I want to win something today. I'm going to say lower. All right, okay. Yeah, I, I know films tend to do quite well out of the gate, uh, but I don't think it's going to be higher than Dunkirk. I've spent this entire podcast just writing positive review after positive review. So <laughs> yeah. If you I refresh it, it now, it's, it's 99%. Yeah, I hate to bring it to you, Dave. It is 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it? Is it? No, no, of course yeah. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's not. It's sixty-eight percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, only, only two percent off the Joker. <laughs> so you know, oh. swings around a bunch. Mm. Um, it's like a lot lower uh, viewer side though, isn't it? It's like fifty-two percent viewer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Netflix haven't really pushed this, have they? If if I didn't search for it, it didn't come up in my. Uh, wants to watch or here's new for you or currently being watched on Netflix it's easy to miss they're not really pushing this one yeah I think it's because it's not Netflix originally isn't it it was, was going to be released mm. by Paramount at the cinemas but because everything's been pushed back they probably thought oh man the first week the cinemas reopen it's going to be like Tenant Wonder Woman 1984 there's no fucking way anybody's going to come and see the love <laughs> yeah. let's put out on Netflix so uh, it yeah seems it's a shame for the film to be fair that it's not getting the, the publicity I think people would enjoy this I think it's is an easier watch and a, and a lot less divisive than say Love Actually. If you're looking for a light-hearted <laughs> wrong it, it certainly I mean, is. That, you know what that's, I mean? a, that's a very Aussie, high did you or low bar. Film, <laughs> Depending on what you're in. But, you know, it's yeah. only an, it's you know it's less than an hour and a half long. It's it's an easy watch. Um, it, it could be wanted to boost. Net, you know, Paramount should be properly on the phone to Netflix to say we want to be higher up the the rating because yeah i had to search for it as well it wasn't it just didn't come up even after you type yeah. in love it's not the first thing that comes up mm. so I, I, I just want to add that on love actually the divide is right and wrong as well do you know what i mean i, I, I don't want to bring <laughs> yeah. up all wounds but yeah it's not... <laughs> right. uh, well, well uh, once again i put up a poll on twitter over the weekend asking our friends and followers to uh vote like which list they'd like to see this on hit or when shit did, and... when did this film come out uh friday i think so, yeah, it might be a case that not a lot of people have seen it. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. I, I'm going to call now that we've had a few bullshitters voting it. Thank you, long-term listeners, you, you bunch of lies. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, th those bunch of liars uh, voted 54%, would say, went on the shit list. So, oh. yeah. Right, yeah. That doesn't sound like a coin toss. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, so uh, before we join the case, it's time for a caption contest. So what we do here is take a screenshot of the film and put it on Twitter, ask our friends and followers to provide a funny caption with the best one winning a frog-shaped chocolate treat. Uh, so here, what I've got is um, a screenshot of the crowd at the High Society sex party with their eyes wide shut, masks on, like this. Um, and so you guys just got to pick the best one from the following captions. Number one, the new normal. And number two, a couple of numpties about to get into a spot of bother. 
I, I don't know what that's relating to. Maybe it's a quote. I'm sorry if it is. Apologies. Uh, or number three, life post COVID nineteen. <laughs> I'm going to go new normal. Uh, I think that was they. they yeah. I mean, they're probably both the same uh, joke essentially. But I, I like new normal better than. I go with new normal. Okay, right. Well, uh, congratulations to uh, good friends and fellow podcasters, the Cinema Guys. Let's not lie to them and say they're going to get a friend, though. <laughs> we all know that you've eaten them all. <laughs> I, have, I've, I haven't. I've still got them here. I, I like checked on them, them before. It's so, <laughs> show, us, it's, show us on Zoom. It's so hot. Show us on Zoom. It's, yeah. Honestly, it's so hot. I checked on them earlier today to make sure that they hadn't melted. But Do look, you eat six of them to make sure they hadn't melted? <laughs> what, what's the sell by date? Open one of them and see what it's like. Oh, well, to be honest, uh, they're way past the sell by day. Anyway, I've got to eat all these. Eat it expired them. on my birthday. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, that was five months January. ago. Yeah. I can, I can How see old you are those that. Don't oh. Freddos have like a really long shelf life? Uh, yeah, yeah like well, blame, blame Dave. Dave was the one who bought them in bulk. I bought the Freddos for you to give away <laughs> and didn't ask for reimbursement. <laughs> blame what Dave. a piece of shit, Dave is. He's the good man in all this, but it costs almost three pounds to send one Freddo. <laughs> <laughs> It cost him five pounds for the bark. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, that's brilliant. So nobody's getting a Freddo uh, because they're all out of date. Unless you want an out of date Freddo, uh, which is going to cost me three pounds to send to you. Um, so I'll yeah, go to Costco. I'll get you some in-date Freddo. <laughs> yeah, we will start with you because lockdown has started to uh, be eased over here. So I'm allowed to leave the house again. So uh, we might actually start sending some Freddos out now. So congratulations to Cinema Guys. I think they won last week as well so well done two weeks on the bounce um anyway the next film has been picked out of the hat at random and it is Birdman. or what what's hasn't the been picked title? out at random it's alex's pick i picked it that's rude well it's yeah it's picked out at random as in like you're alex random. picked it randomly <laughs> <laughs> picked it randomly yeah. out of the pick of that film okay maybe i didn't update my notes from last week but okay so it's it's actually alex's pick and alex's picked Birdman. Is that right, Alex? That is right. That is um, right. Why have you picked Birdman? Uh, I think it's a bit of a... I really, really love it, but I could see why people could really, really hate it. So I think it might make a good episode, to be honest. Okay, good nothing, stuff. Nothing more I like better than just disagreeing with some of you. So let's, <laughs> let's get going. Right. Any excuse for an argument. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one took the bait on the Love Actually thing, so let's get, <laughs> let's get into it. Okay, so we've uh, picked the rest of the roles at random. So in the uh, so joining Alex in defence is going to be Dave, um, and then in prosecution is going to be me and Ozzy, and the judge is going to be Joel. So look forward to that one. Uh, thank you to everybody who has listened to this episode. If you like the episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe. And why not leave us a lovely five-star review on Apple Podcasts? Just spread the warm love that is Films on Trial in as many ears as possible. And follow us on all the social media, at Film Trials on Twitter, and Films on Trial on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's it, everyone. The Love Birds is a shit. And we will be in your ears next week with Birdman. Goodbye. Goodbye.